Welcome listeners to this bite-sized podcast introducing the Women Ed Tech team and thank you ladies for coming on board to chat to me today. In this podcast we will hear from members of the Women Ed Tech team sharing a bit of background info as to who they are, their specialisms and why the need for the Women Ed Tech movement. So first up we have the wonderful Bucky Yusuf who I've been following for a while as one of the high-profile female voices in EdTech. For the benefit of our listeners, Bucky, can you please just give a bit of background information to your EdTech journey? Yeah, hi Claire, thank you. Um, so I've been in ed- involved with EdTech, I would say um, about maybe six or seven years, and I fell into it in a way by accident. I used to work as a um, science consultant in the local authority. And because of my interest with gadgets and tech and things like that, I did a little bit with regards to um, implementing ICT across the curriculum. Uh, so it was a great initiative, but wasn't really well um, take, you know, taken up very well by different educators and schools. I didn't see, they didn't see it as a priority. However, many years later, when I um, applied for a role in one of the schools in the local authority in London, um, it came with an opportunity to be involved with uh, teaching and learning, but also to use technology. So they just refer to it as mobile devices to enhance teaching and learning. And it was a senior leadership position that I did for over three years. And it helps me to shape and influence and also implement how we use mobile devices, so Chromebooks and iPads for, for our students as well as staff. Um, and our students were aged 11 to 19. So it really shaped and changed the way, particularly the sixth form students used um, devices as part of their independent learning, whether they were on site or at home. Thanks, Bucky. Um, and it's so, so so relevant now, especially with remote learning, this whole use of, of, of devices um, in our teaching and learning. Bucky, what is your area of specialism? It, it, when we get to the point as Women in Tech where we hope to be able to coach others, what will you be able to share and offer? Well, I, I'm involved in so many different aspects with regards to EdTech because I love it. I see the potential and I, I, you know, I really can see what it can actually do. So by that, I'm um, a, an education board member for Innovate My School. I'm also um, a judge for Better Wall. So you, I get an idea about where tech really makes impact and influence. But with regards to my specialism, I have two areas. So one is actually supporting the strategic implementation of EdTech leadership. In a way, it sounds a little bit nonsensical because you're looking at how you can enhance teaching and learning through the use of technology, however the school actually designs that. But I can help implement that from a strategic level, having done that myself. And I can also help in supporting coaches. So if there's anyone who's got a responsibility, so it could be from a PLR to middle leadership to senior leadership, um, and they're actually thinking about how to actually implement um, the use of technology in whichever way works best for their school. I, through my coaching, can actually support them and I have done so before in the past. Thank you, Bucky. I've heard some wonderful things about your coaching skills as well, um, which, is, which is great to hear. Thank you, Claire. Going to our third question, Bucky, because this is a bite-sized podcast. Um, why is Women Ed Tech important to you? And why do you think we should be encouraging others to be a part of this movement? 
right. It's important because I, I really feel that there should be, you know, a go-to place. So if you've got women who are involved in edtech, whether it's within education or beyond, I think it's, you know, that, that if they are stuck, like, for example, I remember the first 12 to 18 months of me doing my role, I really didn't have anyone to actually speak to from a strategic level about what was working, what to avoid, um, you know, who, who were the best people to speak to. So I think women in tech, you know, having a, being like a central place where if there's any questions, queries, advice, having somewhere to go to, I think is really important. But I'm also involved in a way because I want to make sure that I can actually give back to the community and actually help with any support, advice and guidance that, that is required. Brilliant, Bucky. I love that last bit about giving back to the community because it really is about passing on that baton as well. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing you at our webinar on Thursday at four o'clock. Thanks so much for taking some time to tell me a little bit more about yourself. Take care, Bucky. Okay, thank you, Claire. Take care as well. Bye. Next up, we have the lovely Neelam Palmer, who I've been in awe of for a while for her role as the EdTech strategic leader in her school. Thanks for coming on board, Neelam, for this micro podcast. For the benefit of our listeners, can you please just give a bit of background information to your EdTech journey? Sure, and thank you, Claire. Uh, my journey really starts from a very financial point of view, from a financial background. Um, I'm very much all about technology. I worked as a web development uh, programmer in the early days. I then moved into um, a learning technologist role within the university. Um, and I, But I really think it started off when I did my PhD in EdTech itself, I mean, and within the education sector uh, from K to 12. And it really did spiral then from, from there, where I then started joining schools, um, reinventing the curriculum for the primary years, and then came into Ashford and New Learning, where I've taken EdTech from grassroots level and just sort of immersed it within education um, and making it relevant for all our stakeholders, teachers, students, and parents. Um, you've been um, writing some fantastic articles when we went into COVID-19 lockdown and talking about how schools can support their their learners, um, you know, ensuring quality first teaching. What is your area of specialism? When we get to that point as women in tech where we can coach and share with others, what, what would your offering be? I think it's really much a lot of to do with um, the implementation of technology uh, within education itself. So um, having now a breadth of experience in a number of schools locally and also now globally, I think I can bring that um, area, that, that sort of experience level of how to bring technology within teaching and learning in different key areas for you know and what's appropriate for young children and older children um, and like you said you know taking it into an online environment where the teaching and learning can become more effective within all ages um, i think that's really my specialism more than anything else edtech implementation and now remote online learning um, and well, I'm certainly following you very closely as we try and make things you know better in our own school why is Women Ed Tech important to you and why should we be encouraging others to be a part of it, Neelam? No, really, it's very interesting because I fell into Women Ed Tech. I was very, uh, I was involved within the whole Women Ed movement. Um, but at that time, technology and education was kind of bubbling into the, into the surface. And, um, and because I was in this area and growing, I think that's how I sort of found myself 
within this whole women at tech group. But from my point of view, it's a lot about empowering other people, helping them find their niche, their specialism, and then growing with it. Uh, I think we can all, uh, we all have a good understanding of that tech and, um, and we'll always understand different bits that go with it, the academic, the pastoral, the well-being. But when, uh, when you find yourself and that's the, that's the exciting bit. And so I, I think I'd like from, from a woman at tech point of view, it's fine, helping others find their confidence, their specialism, their niche, and then letting them grow with it. Neelam, thank you so much. We are so lucky to have you on the Women Ed Tech team. Looking forward to um, seeing you on Thursday when we launch our first Women Ed Tech webinar. Uh, thank you very much for taking some time to share a little bit about you. Thank you, Claire. Look after yourself. Bye, Neelam. Next up, we have the amazing Ranjit Kaur, who I've had the pleasure of getting to know as she walks a different path to many of us on the team. She is an entrepreneur and owns her own business and is part of the back end of design work and is the founder of Seek Coloring Book. Ranjit, for the benefit of our listeners, can you please give us a bit of background information to your edtech journey? Thank you, Claire, for that introduction. So I will share some of my background. I've always had an interest in IT from a young age. So I qualified at college, I went to university and completed my information technology degree. I've worked as a Unix analyst for a while, and that's in UK, in Holland, I've worked in Sydney. So I've always had this interest in IT. Um, Ranjit, I had no idea you'd worked in all those different countries. That's incredible. When when it gets to the point where we hope Women Ed Tech will be able to share and coach others, um, what is your area of specialism and what will you be able to offer? So currently I'm an illustrator while my children are young. And so I design and self-publish coloring books, custom designs and lots of other exciting things as well. And I would love to coach someone if they needed any help. So and with starting a business, social media, or if they were even interested in designing books as well, I would love to coach them and share my ideas to help them because this has been a passion now turned into a business. Oh, Renji, that's wonderful to hear. And you came into Women Ed Tech um, for a reason. Why is Women in Tech important to you and why do you think we should be encouraging other women to be a part of it? So even though I've become now a, an illustrator, I still have that edge of tech and I, I enjoy that um, educational side that I had. So now that I love this different experience in tech that I've had with the illustrator because I use different type of softwares, the Women in Tech is a space where I can definitely learn more. And the networking has allowed me to be part of this like amazing and professional team. So it's a place where I feel valued and I can put out there any type of skill I have and I can share it with others. And if anyone wants to learn anything, I don't mind sharing my ideas too. Oh, Ranjit, I'm so pleased that you touched on one of our values as, as part of Women Ed, which is collaboration and networking and helping each other out. Fantastic chatting to you. I really look forward to seeing you at our webinar, our first ever webinar on Thursday at four o'clock. Thanks for taking the time to chat to me, Ranjit. Thank you for having me, Claire. Bye. Bye-bye.
I'm delighted that the next team member we get to speak to is the formidable Jules Dolby, who is our Women Ed Tech team leader and one of the founding members of the Women Ed movement. Jules, for the benefit of our listeners, can you please give us a bit of background information to your Ed Tech journey? Um, I was thinking about this because I knew I was going to come to talk to you. And actually, my ed tech journey started before, really, before I realised it had. So I have, I'm neurodiverse, uh, more ADHD than I thought. I, it was dyslexia. I was told at university it was dyslexia, but it, uh, I've realised now it's far more ADHD. But um, I cannot handwrite. So I failed all my exams in school because I cannot sequence. So once I got to university, I was I bought an electronic typewriter. That's how old I am. <laughs> and I did all my essays on an electronic typewriter. So suddenly my grades were went up massively to anything I'd done in school. Um, also, just as I was a mature student, so I went back about 23. That's crazy. So that electronic work for me um, started at university. And I realised the power of being able to type because I could cut and paste and move things around and, and make lots of errors and delete them. So, <laughs> so it started there, and, but I don't think I really consciously realized it did until I went into teaching and also um, would type my reports. I was one of the first teachers to type my reports. I remember my head of department telling me that it was the power of the pen and she thought typewriting with, uh, typing reports would never come in, which is amazing. <laughs> In 1997, it's not that long ago, so I still take the mickey out of her for that. Um, but then, anyway, so then I started typing my reports, and I just found it very liberating to be able to type. So, when I started moving into the world of special needs, um, which was in an FE college, I then became interested in dyslexia assessing and uh, qualified to become a dyslexia assessor. And that's then when I started um, discovering social media, so Twitter, um, <laughs> blogging, and assistive technology. So that's where I got into technology, really. And I had my biggest person that I always talk about when I'm training in assistive technology was a lovely student called Craig. And Craig is now doing a PhD, and he could not... Um, read and write without using assistive technology. So he used Dragon, which was the technology where you speak into it and it types. So if lecturers saw his writing, um, the, his handwriting, they wouldn't believe it was the same person. So uh-huh. that's how liberating it was for him. So, so that was my journey into EdTech. Oh, what a wonderful story to finish answering that question on. That's, that's really moving. Jules, it, it, it leads perfectly into the second question, which is, your area of specialism now. We hope at some point Women Ed Tech will be in a position to coach others. What will you be able to offer? So, yeah, I think how I got into it with regards to assistive technology um, is I just embraced it, had a go, made mistakes, um, didn't worry about being perfect. So it really fits the Women Ed theme around just good enough. You know, have a go. Don't wait for it to be perfect. So that's how I would mentor people now. And slowly I got into assistive technology. And then when I started working for the local authority, I became the assessor for Dorset. So I then started to look at strategically how technology fits into schools. And interestingly now, my new role that I'm in, in a special school, I'm now um, creating a school development plan for technology across the school. 
And so it's, it's amazing how just one little thing of interest, and it is something I was interested in, but it was a tiny thing. If you think I was typing on an electronic typewriter and it's, it's come to this where now I think strategically about how we can um, ensure that assistive technology is, is embedded across a school or a local authority. So that's, I think that's what I can offer people, just that sort of 10% braver, have a go, don't be perfect, um, and just just jump in, think about it later. Oh, wonderful. Um, certainly for somebody who's a mother to a sane child, um, this is something where, which I realize is extremely important in terms of helping his development. So thank you for that incredible work that you're doing in that field. Um, Jules takes us to the final question because this is a micro podcast. Um, why is women at tech important to you and why do you think we should be encouraging others to be a part of it? So it's really important to me. Um, women ed, uh, you know, I'm passionate about women ed and so I was delighted when we started looking at women ed tech because it's behind women in education leadership. You know, uh, we, we know that there's a disproportionate amount of male leaders um, in education in the whole, but if you look in the tech industry, it's very, very male, and you know that can be really intimidating. I had a, I'm quite a confident person, but I felt really belittled at bets um, a number of years ago, where I had a budget to buy some laptops, and I was patronised. Uh, there were two men on the stands; they were patronising. They didn't really recognise that I had a budget. And actually, that company now I never buy laptops from, and I've had big budgets. So, um, you know, more. But, you know, so I think it was really important to me to start to, we need to even that out. We need women to know that it's okay to be techie, but we also need people in tech leadership to not patronise. And, you know, we all have different skills. So I might still not be able to do certain things within tech, but I'm very skilled in others. And, you know, this this assumption sometimes that uh, women don't know what they're talking about. Um, I, I keep talking about how women in tech know their onions, and it's like it's sort of one of the phrases I like to use because there's an assumption sometimes that it's the man that sits next to you um, that knows the tech and not you. And that's happened to me on a number of occasions. And luckily, the, usually the man sitting next to me is a friend and they go, don't look at me. I know nothing. <laughs> you know, so, so but I, I think it's really important that we start to even out um, tech, ed tech as much as we are trying to do with leadership within education. Oh, Jules, well, you've been an absolute inspiration to talk to. And I look forward to seeing you again at our webinar, our very first webinar, this Thursday as well. Um, yes, really excited about that. Thank you for everything that you do for Women Ed and thank you for helping, you know, sort of give rise to the Women Ed tech movement. I'm um, looking forward to many more years of working with you, Jules. Great. Thank you, Claire. Take care. Podcast. Thank you. Bye. Bye.